What up, what up? This is Josh Gray. Hey, yo, hey, yo, man. This is Scoop. Yeah, yeah. This is Twan Beasy, man. I'm inside the Gray Summer Tour. The Stay Woke Podcast. Stay tuned to Stay Woke Podcast, you dig? With my boy D-Ray. Stay Woke Podcast. Yeet. That way. You're now tuned into the hottest podcast in the world. The Stay Woke Podcast. Right here on the SonicBreakdown.com. Man, it's time to wake up. Time to wake up. Get this cake up. Get this cake up. Only thing I care about is switching. I am D-Ray Brinson, and this is the final part of the Inside the Gray Summer Tour. We begin with me sitting down with Josh Gray in the studio as he prepares to get back to where his talent shines the brightest and is only matched by his storytelling lyrics. Followed by this interview, there will be the previous release parts with Skoog, Twan Beasy, and Chris Evans to complete this series. So what were your feelings before the concert, before your first concert of your On Your Own Tour? Uh, it was dope, man. I enjoyed it. I don't really uh I don't really get, you know, like the jitters no more when you first start now. There's more so just this anxious feeling. You know what I'm saying? You you ready to just get to it and show everybody what you could do. So, you know, in the first first uh show to kick off the tour, had more of like a grassroots kind of feel, like up close and personal. Um it was a real different from the other shows on the tour. Okay. And what did you? What was your feelings about how the fans like resonated at least at the the show that I was at with your more personal tracks, your more in depth introspective tracks? Man, that's that's the thing. If if you are a fan of my music, or even if you're not, you've never heard of me. You know, once you hear me live, you you quickly catch on to what I'm about and what I'm doing, and um, I think they resonated pretty well. You know, with the music, um, I get crazy love when I get off stage tons of questions ideas i got those kind of fans man they they hit me with the ideas man you know what if you try this man i think this would be special or 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 what if you went this way and and tried this route man so it's dope it's like they kind of want to see me win so they're rooting for me to just try anything that'll get me you know get me on so it's dope what would you say is the most surprising thing that fans did or reactions or just the response that you got and and where? Uh, I wouldn't say so much uh, surprising. I mean, honestly, not much surprising me anymore, <laughs> man. But um, one one thing uh, I remember a fan um, wanted to take a picture after the show or whatever. Right. And she told me to look pretty. <laughs> And I was like, you know, how do I do that? What, what you know, you got some tips on that. <laughs> she just started laughing or whatever. She was like, you know, you know. So, I mean, shout out to her for for wanting her picture to look special. You know what I'm saying? So that, I guess, was the, the, the craziest thing. <laughs> well, uh, fans are crazy, man. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. She, she was like, don't mess up my picture, man. <laughs> And they serious about that picture too. They got to do it for the grand. Oh yeah, you know that. <laughs> you know that. Uh, what would you say? Is there any like interesting like stories that only like the artists from the artist perspective that know that happened that you can tell us and like give us in like inside detail about what happened on the tour? Any uh, funny story or interesting story? I don't want I, you to I give definitely a, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> too much won't, away. Won't go too too much exactly. in detail, but um, I would say for sure I got closer with my team. I think we all realize you know, how strong the movement is and how far we can take this. And I think we all got closer. We started to learn 
some things about each other. You know what I mean? And just kicking it backstage, man, you, you know, before you see one of your guys go on stage, it's dope to see their process. You know what I mean? Like, because you already have your own process. So when you see the next man up, like, okay, you know, that's what he does to get in his zone. Okay, cool, cool. And it could be completely different from what you do to get in your zone. You know what I'm saying? And that's something that I noticed at the at the concert was that all of you guys do have a different feel. All of you guys are lyrical, in my opinion, as well. So there's that common thread as well as the kind of energy. But there is a very different feel that you get from each person, a different vibe. And that, I think, is going to be a, a good thing moving forward because you can appeal to a different uh, society group. So those the the tour the concert the whole the whole event was good and you can see the different people vibing to the different grooves so i thought that was interesting is that did you see that same uh kind of feeling yeah from man, your perspective definitely i mean not not just at shows man in the studio because you know i'm in a studio producing for these guys so it's dope to get in different you know different mind frames to produce for one artist and then i have to completely change my mind frame for the next artist so you know it's it's a challenge for me and it's also just like an eye-opening experience at the same time because when you're producing for yourself or you know you just have yourself to worry about you know what I mean it's so much less to deal with but when you have other artists on board and you want to see them win the same way you want to win so you almost take it personally like man damn i, I could have went harder on that track for them you know what i'm saying yeah. so in the studio at the shows it's always like i'm rooting for them probably the same way they're rooting for me you know what i mean that family mentality yeah exactly how do you feel now that the tour is finished in comparison to how you felt before it is some of the not i wouldn't say anxiety but just the the ideas of getting the tour done is there some relief now that it is over I would I would say more so, man, I'm I'm kind of upset, man, because I want more. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it it seemed like it just it wasn't enough. You don't want to be complacent. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, damn, it's over already. All right. Did I get as much out of it as I possibly could have? Maybe, maybe not. It's a learning tool. You know what I mean? And you take it into the next tour you go on. but I'm just so hungry, man. It's like, what's next? What's the next thing? When is the next show? When is the next studio session? You know what I'm saying? As a as a fan or as a newcomer that doesn't know that doesn't know about you, and there this is the first time you know having an introduction to you. What would you say to them to say why they need to go to your concert? Why they need to uh, listen to your album? Because it's unique, man. It's it's a different experience. You know, I, I recently had an interview with this guy, man, dope, dope dude, not going to say names or anything, but uh, he brought up a question of, you know, how do I feel about this artist or the next artist? And same thing applies here. It's like, why should a fan come out and check out Josh Gray? Because nobody can do Josh Gray like Josh Gray can do Josh Gray. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Say that three times fast. <laughs> but, I mean, in all honesty, there's only one way to do what I do. And I'm the only one who can do that. So I'm just constantly in competition with myself. Mm. I am my toughest critic. I'm hard on myself. You know what I mean? I rarely hang my head. 
But I'm always talking to myself like, man, you could have did that better. You could have you could have went harder. You know what I'm saying? I so, definitely understand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, fans are just gonna get a hundred percent me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And what can those fans expect moving forward? Uh, moving forward, new music for sure. Um, I want them to get comfortable with Josh Gray as a producer. So, um, but the only thing is, man, I, I don't do the, you know, the name drop at the beginning of the beat. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? It's dope. Don't get me wrong, but just not my thing. So it's going to be a creative way for me to like promote myself as a producer without doing the traditional name tag and everything. You know what I mean? But um, more shows, more interviews, you know what I mean? We're trying to crack into radio, too. You know what I'm saying? Mainstream radio, which which is a fight in itself. But Definitely, definitely is. <laughs> yeah, spe- especially when you have something to say, man. Yeah. So, um, but we're working on it, man. My team is working around the clock, and it's tons of, of new things. And uh, new videos coming soon as well. Let's get to know school a little bit more. What's up, man? What's happening, man? What's happening? I appreciate you having me on, man. Uh, no problem, no problem. Uh, let's 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 talk about the concert first uh, or the tour. What was it like before the tour started? Like just the feeling of knowing that the tour is about to begin and right before that kickoff show. Just the build up. I mean, when you look at all of the years we've been working and you know sporadic shows that we would do here and there on college campuses, or you know we might hit like the House of Blues in New Orleans, you know shows like that. But to have a consistent line of shows, you know what I mean? And, and then to call it a tour, like, it, was, it was dope, man. It was dope, you know? Yeah, that's crazy. There's crazy energy leading up to it. You know, the music is always consistent. But to have shows consistent like that, that was a big deal. It, it felt like we were just moving five steps forward, you know what I mean? Instead of that one step forward, two steps back. This was a, a you know, a real power move. So it was good, man, good. And is this your uh, your first tour? Yeah, this is my first tour. Okay. Yeah. So uh, since that being since that was your first tour, did you learn anything um, from this tour that you that you apply to upcoming tours moving forward? Because I I know this is not going to be the last tour. I can just tell by the energy that you guys already have and the momentum that you guys are pushing that you know there's there's definitely going to be more to come. Definitely, definitely. But like the first part of your question, you know, things that I would take from this tour and apply to future tours. I mean, you know. When you've been doing this so long, you kind of have a dream or you have a plan in your head, right? And and you see it playing out a certain way. So this was like actually seeing something that we've been planning or seeing something that we've been thinking of for a long time actually come to fruition. You know what I mean? So, yeah, learned a lot about it. I'm sure we will expand on it and, you know, grow multi-cities. Um, you know, we want to try to hit this whole West Coast. And then, you know, we still have, you know, New Orleans kind of intact. So spreading throughout that southern region, too, you know. But, yeah, a lot of stuff, a lot of preparation, a lot of planning, a lot of communication. We got a real strong team, a dedicated team. You know what I mean? You know, the people you start with, that's the people you finish with. So, And it's hard to find a good team. It's hard it to is, find a good it team. It is, man. And they're loyal. You, to, yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? Loyal. Nobody's getting big money. You know what I mean? And it, it doesn't really matter. We're doing it for the love of it. When the money comes, we all good, you know. Since, as as you stated, the the fact that you've been doing this so long and that this is, well, th- that the dream has been there so long and that you finally got to do it, like, I know there had to be some some satisfaction and some, some also some relief that, like, we did it. 
you know, that it's not, it's not our end goal because we don't want to be complacent and just be like, you know, satisfied where we are, but we're another step closer than where we were prior. Yeah, slightly, slightly. I mean, you know, the expectations are set so high though. Mm. You know, like we kind of talked about, you know, taking five steps forward, but we still feel like we got a billion to go. You know what I mean? So, you know, the the vision is just such a big vision, man. And, you know, it's something that we've we've wanted for so long. You know what I mean? And just out, outside of just touring, just musically, business-wise, you know, it's almost like you have a person who's kind of trapped and locked in when they have so many ideas that they want to reveal to the world and they just don't have that platform to do it. So it is a bit of a relief when we see, okay, that platform is starting to develop, you know? So, yeah, yeah, man. What do you think is your core audience? What do you think your core fans? What is? What do you think your core support is? Is What do you think that's about? In all honesty, I think that's something that I'm still figuring out. You know what I mean? I'm still trying to figure out, you know, who's listening? Who Who's, I mean, you know, my, my acronym is Spitting Cool on Outstanding Game. So, I mean, what is that game, though? What is that that, that you're saying? I mean, you know, some people say they're spitting game, and it's a lot of frivolous things within that. I mean, is, is it truth? Is it is it something that's real and really real? You know what I mean? We're talking about, you know, having mortgages and owning property. And, you know, I mean, a, a lot of things that you hear in Jay-Z's new album. Mm. I mean, that spoke volumes to me because he's saying something in a lot of his songs that I feel like I'm writing every day. You know what I mean? I'm saying a lot of these same things, maybe not to his greatness, but in my own way. You know what I mean? I'm I'm speaking on a lot of these topics, Dropping but the not knowledge. but not preachy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Still, in, in, and that's why it's called you know spitting cool. Like you know, I'm chilling. Yeah, get your money, get your money, but stack it. You know, in the background, I'm I'm that ad level, I'm that voice in the background, but stack it. You know what I mean? Invest Put it. something to the side. Yeah. Invest it. You know, you know. Uh, I definitely agree with you. Uh, we did a, a Jay Z four 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 album review, and that was one of the things that I brought that's up. Dope. And I wanted to, I wanted to get uh, your your input on it. Is uh, uh, the line about uh, money phone? And <laughs> what I, what I said about it is, I said there's two folds to it, because I like to be try to be as fair and open minded as I can, right. but also. There's, there's, to me, there's a balance that you have to have. Like you have, you can have your fun, but you also need to be responsible. Like, right, right. And what I'm saying is, I get why, like Little Bootsy, uh, said why he does it, and right, right, that it was in the culture of New Orleans, and that that's what they would do. And I was like, I get that, and I see it from a young black male's perspective of. I'm seeing you get money. At right. least that's giving me motivation that it's possible. One that black men or somebody that looks like me can get the money. Right. And two, that I'm in a position where I can, in essence, flaunt it. Now, on the flip side, my Mm -hmm. thing is, I think Jay-Z was coming from the perspective of more of, if you have your money to your ear, just from a business practical sense, just Mm -hmm. taking, take all that out just from a business sense. If you have your money to your ear, you don't have it in the bank, so it's not earning you interest. You don't have an investment. It can't make you money. Anywhere outside of, any in your hand, on your phone, like showing the money phone is not going to get that's not going to make you more money. Exactly. Right. And I, and I think. And that's what I think people are missing is from my perspective. That, right. So there's there's growth. Right. You look at young black male who's never had anything. Now I got it. Mm-hmm. Look at me. I got it. Right. And we're proud of you. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Right. We wish we could be there, too, with mm-hmm. you celebrating that moment. But then after that moment, like it would have been so dope to see. I mean, and I'm fans of these dudes. 
But to see, okay, after I held my stacks, you know, to my ear, now watch what I do with it. I'm going to buy this house or now I have some property. You know what I mean? So, like... That's something yeah, that, that balance show it, right. You got you got to show what's next. You know what I mean. What what's the maturity after you get it? Because these same kids who who see you, oh, you got ten stacks, okay. But now what do I do with my ten stacks once I have it? Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciate the celebration of showing us that you got it, and this was the hard work that it took to get it. But now once I have it, what do I do with it? Yep. To make sure I don't lose it. Right. Exactly. How many young black athletes go broke? Yeah, you know how many rappers eventually go broke. Just like you know uh, I mean? Dre said on, um, I think it was "To Pimp a Butterfly." It might not be on one of Kendrick's album. He was like, mm-hmm. he's like, remember coming to my crib and saying, "I want a crib like this." He's like, yeah, it's easy to get it, but the hard part is keeping keep it. it. Right? Can you keep it? Exactly. We got millionaires all over the place, but how many of them stay millionaires? You know, most people that win the lottery go back to the same go spot they were to before. Hey, there was a lady that this just happened to. It's crazy. Like five hundred million, and then within a matter of years, that's gone. How nobody helped her invest that money? That's what you know what I mean. That's the the same thing that I talked about on um, part one of uh, inside the Great Summer Tour with Twan Beasy is that all of you guys have uh, are lyricists to me, and you all have uh, I different. Appreciate that. No, no problem. You all are lyricists, but the difference between you two, is, between all of you, is that is the content. Is right. that you have right. different ways of presenting different content in different ways and different perspectives. Right. And to me, that's that's the beauty of it. That's the art. And that's what makes, to me, tours and collectives and, and groups. Not even saying like as a rap group, but you're on tour together. So it's kind of right. like a collective. Right. In, a any collective. situation right. like that, right. you guys have complement each other because nobody wants to see or hear the same thing over and over again. You know what I'm saying? Right. Presented in the same way. We want to right. see the uniqueness, the quality that you guys have. And, and you know, we're different ages. So you're seeing three different artists in their own right grow up as men, right? And mm. continue to grow as men. So you may see Josh at one level of manhood. Twan Beasy's at one level of manhood. I'm at one level of manhood. So one of us go out and we get game from somewhere else. We are bringing it back home, right? And telling our brothers, well, yo, this is what I learned outside in the world today that could help all of us grow and help you grow at your level of manhood. So... You know, all of those things are are important. You know what I mean? It's important for Josh to be Josh at his age. Be Josh. It's important for Twan Beasy to be Beasy at his age, right? It's important for me to be me and not try to push too much forward and not go too far backwards, you know? For me to try to sit here and say I'm 16, you know, (laughs) and I'm doing the same stuff as I was 16, like, why? When a 16-year-old grows up to, to, you know, to be an adult, I would hope that they're not doing the same things at 16. So, you know, I mean, that's and that's game. That's real game. I never thought about it, like I said, from the perspective of that you guys have are lyricists from di- with different content. But I never thought about it from the perspective of age and, and just maturity and growth. I noticed for um, a lot of different artists that because of more socially conscious, socially aware, more deeper conscious lyricists, that it's harder to come up with a set for concerts because of the, that type of energy. Is that something that you face? Is that? I think always because it's a Friday night. People come out. They just finished the work week. They want to drink. They want to have fun. They they want to relax, right? Mm-hmm. They don't necessarily want to hear, yeah, make sure you pay them taxes. Yeah, make sure you pay them bills. They may not want to hear it, but... I think there is a way of being creative enough, like Outkast, man. Outkast mm. is so dope, right? Yeah. I, and I think of the song, I'm sorry, Mr. Jackson. 
Yeah, that's they're yeah. apologizing to this lady for the mistreatment of, of her, her daughter. daughter. Yeah, does that resonate in the club when you like, hey, Shardy, come here, hey, Shardy, let me holler at you. But I'm sorry, Miss Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, nah, a jam is a jam. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, I mean, just just make good music. Mm. That that's how I look at it. Make good music. I always speak on what I feel I want to speak on. But I, I mean, you could do it in a jamming way. You could do it in a fun way. I mean, Pac, I get around. How do you want it? But even within those jams, he has certain lines that you are like, oh, all right, all right. Yeah, some gems, there's, some wisdom, you too. You know, there, there's wisdom there, too, you know. What was your feel from the response of the fans um, on the tour? I think they're very receptive. I think they they realize that Josh Gray is somebody that they need to pay attention to. Mm. And I think, first and foremost, as a team, that's that's the mindset. Mm. Yes, you need to recognize that he is very, very gifted, very, very talented. Mm. And I mean, I'm not just saying it because that's my younger brother. I'm saying he's just a bad boy, man. <laughs> <laughs> to be able, one, to produce your own music, right? And I watched him grow when, from when his beats were horrible. <laughs> but I still wanted to write to him, right? Yeah. I was like, man, get it, give me that. I'm going to write to it. Give him the confidence yeah, he no needs to continue lines, to No nothing in it. I didn't care. Man, my brother got beats now. I, we don't have to get beats from wherever now. We got in-house beats. But also, I mean, his lyricism. I mm. mean, he. it's funny when you're somebody's family member, right? And you hear them speak, and you could easily say, that's not true. Mm. Nah, that's not true. Yeah. You lying. Why are you saying that? Yeah. You, you never did. But to be able to hear somebody that you know so well, you shared a room with this person yeah. your whole life, right? And you hear that story, and you're like, yo, that did happen. Yo, that is... Yo, and then know, appreciate the way he presents and, it yeah, though too. Yeah, like in one of his songs, you talk about uh, one of our, you know, the things that my mom would cook was, um, and my mom would make like a shrimp creole, and you know, he like, you know, it's so spicy, my nose so runny. Yeah, I remember him sitting at the table, you know what I mean? And while we eating, his nose running because he never really liked spicy food too much. You know what I'm saying? Like that's just real. So yeah, man, there's you know, there's something to be said for. Somebody who's just telling their story. And one of the things he says a lot now is nobody can tell Josh Gray's story better than Josh Gray. That's true. And that's true. And the only person who may be able to second that would be his brother. Right? That's right. So... Cause you're the like I like I was uh, talking uh, off mic. Uh, you're the linchpin to to the whole thing. Cause if you don't push him to to do the production uh, in the first place, we might not be here having this podcast right now. I don't know, man. You know, guys will. Mm. So if this is what he was supposed to do, whether I did something or not, it was gonna get done one way or another. You know what I mean? If if this is what he's supposed to do. It was going to happen. You know what I mean? Well, no matter where I am or what I was doing or what I put in, nah, if this is his calling, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people say stuff like they want to change the world. And I, we've always had that mindset, we want to change the world. But then you look at, okay, well, what does that mean? You want to change the world. Well, just make it a better a better place, right? Yeah. Make, I mean, better people. When you look at our team, it's just a bunch of good dudes who – just want to do good, you know what I mean? I mean, we come from all kind of different backgrounds, all kind of different hoods, different cities even. I mean, you just want to try to progress in life, you know what I mean? So that's what we mean when we say change the world. 
And a lot of his music, a lot of my music is that's what it's about. Trying to progress and, and just create change. I mean, I, I'm, you know, not to get political or nothing, but I'm I'm about that Obama life. You know mm. what I mean? Like that that spoke volumes to me, him getting in office. Mm. I mean, the, we always talk about the doors that that opened for us as a people. But that's serious, man. Yeah. Like that's serious. And that's something that, you know, that's affecting us right now. Because he was in, now it's like, okay, we can't let that happen again. We got to be very careful. But for us, we should be like, nah, here we come again. <laughs> we, we coming right back at you. You know, we're going to keep banging on that door. Stay consistent. Yep. I will, I'll say it for you since you're not going to say it. You the linchpin. Of, uh, <laughs> of the, I, I think, uh, I think um, because like I said, when I did the interview with him prior um, about Disconnected album, I can just tell how much you mean to him and how much you 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 inspire. No, and you and, notice how I try to go down a whole yeah, other road. Exactly. I yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I gotta bring it back. <laughs> uh, how you inspire him, and um, I, I think that's I think that's just important that like the whole team sees it and the whole team understands. It seems like there's one sort of focal point, but that you're all key in making it work. That's hard for people to understand in right. in many different ways. Uh, right. Shoot, we see it in the NBA. Exactly. Kyrie and LeBron can't get along. <laughs> they got to, and, and I mean, they got to make it work, man. So they got to make it work. I wanna, I wanna touch in on, on what do you have going on recently? What are what projects are you oh, have looking man. forward uh, and, and as of now and looking forward? Spitting cool Sundays. So I have this platform, you know, Spitting Cool Sundays. Uh, we released Volume One, mm-hmm. which is out on you know Sound My SoundCloud, which is uh, Schoog's World. Uh, it's on that piff and all you know all of those other mixtape sites, but just continuing to drop and it may not be every Sunday, because I mean we do you know we have shows and stuff like that. But usually Sundays is a day when I'll drop something new, whether it be a remix or a freestyle to somebody else's stuff, or you know a new song that I just want to put out, or it may be a new mixtape. Mm. Uh, I mean features with other people, other people's songs featuring me. You know that that spitting cool Sundays is is what I'm pushing right now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, definitely. So you guys got to definitely stay tuned and listen and look out for spitting cool Sundays. Just knowing that, like both of your everybody on the team's work ethic, I know that you'll definitely consistently keep on putting out music and good music at that. So yeah, uh, man, we I, I'm two, not, we're, we're not worried about that. All right, two two projects that are already finished, and I'm just, I'm kind of sitting on them. Just waiting for the right time to release them. Gotcha. But while I'm waiting, you know, I'm of course always in the studio, um, always recording. And then, you know, I get a little impatient. And that's why I created the Spitting Cool Sundays. So if I can't drop a whole project, ah, I hit you with one or two songs on that Sunday, you know, just to keep the people interested, keep them, you know, like you said, attentive and making sure they know I haven't gone anywhere. I'm right here. Gotcha. Is there anything else you want to to let the fans know, the audience know before we get out of here? That I appreciate y'all, man. Stay woke. You know what I mean? We we talked about this even at one of the shows, yeah, that's right? right? Yeah. Talked about getting in and, and doing this. I appreciate it, man. No problem. You know, just just having this platform to speak out on and talk about what we got going on, because I know it's gonna eventually it's gonna take off. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, we so. appreciate it. We like talking to real artists. It sounds serious, but I'm cool, man. I'm cool. I'm, I'm usually the one that's laid back, kind of. <laughs> Kind of chilling, you know, off to the side, cooling. We have Twan Beezy in the house. Yeah, 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 what's up? And uh, he's going to give us uh, the artist perspective of our Inside the Gray Summer Tour. 
was is this your first tour that you you've been on? Hey, it actually is though. Okay, my so first, my first tour. That's crazy. Yeah, you that's just, you just dang. That's crazy. My first tour. Yeah, and that's a crazy experience. So, what was it like for you mm-hmm. for the first concert before the tour, the kickoff concert for the tour? Yeah, what was that feeling like for as as being your first tour? As far as like my feelings, like mm-hmm. how I was feeling, man, I was feeling good. I just felt like it was a great opportunity for me to showcase my talents, you know. And it was a blessing to be on a tour with Gray, Josh Gray, you know. Um, yeah, just being able to show showcase my talents and let people know who I am as an artist, you know. Yeah, I'm on a Josh Gray tour, but I want to be able to, you know, make my own name, basically. As this being your your first tour and kicking off with uh, Josh Gray, how did you guys how did you guys actually link up? How did how did that happen? Well, we linked up through my manager, okay, Chris Evans, through Royal West Production. Um, he's actually in the room with me right now. Keep it real, <laughs> but um, yeah, we met through him. Uh, Chris, my manager, and Josh, they met, and Josh is making beats. You know, he's mm-hmm. a producer first, even though he raps, yeah. but. He was a producer first, and I think Chris was editing one of my videos, uh, World's Greatest Mayweather, and ended up linking up with Josh, and Josh wanted him to manage him, and he knew that I needed beats, so it was perfect. Like, I needed in-house beats. Like, it was hard to get beats from other producers, mm. you know, the all the track house and all that type of stuff, and Josh was just ready. So I met him through Chris, and... Shit, my life changed ever since. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah. Did you learn anything from like to add to the viewers' experience from from this tour? From the tour, yeah, man, learned a lot. I learned that you know, it's a team. It's a team effort when you're doing this type of this this type of showcase. As far as a tour, I feel the fans should come see us perform because we're all we're all different. You know, we have our own style. We're all lyricists. But, you know, we, we have a different style. We talk about different things, uh, different feelings, emotions in our songs. And I just feel like the fans should be a part of that and come see, you know, get to know us. You know, the tour was very up close and personal. It wasn't, you know, we're not selling out, you know, uh, big stadiums or anything. But the venues we do perform at is up close and personal. So you can get to know us individually. Me, Twan Beasy, get to know me for who I am through my music. I definitely agree that it, it was a very uh, intimate experience, but it's still, I wouldn't say the small venues. There were nice size venues, yeah. and the crowd was nice. It was nice. And participated it was in, nice in, into the yeah. feel yeah. Uh, of the concert. Yeah, that way. <laughs> is, is there anything surprising that happened to you from like a fan or just the support that, that you guys received on the tour? Was there anything that was surprising that, that um, you didn't expect? Not really surprising, but, you know, I'm trying to make a name right now, mm-hmm. you know. So I was kind of surprised and shocked of the um, the audience reaction to my set particularly and us as a whole. You know, they were very engaged in the songs and the artists, like yeah, up close right. to the stage. Like, I'm just trying to start from the ground up and make a name. So I was surprised and thankful at the same time, you know, just, you know, if I go up there and try my hardest, get my 200 percent people gravitate to that you know and i feel like as my my personality which you can find out through my songs that i'm dropping soon like you can gravitate towards me you know my personality 
but yeah, man, it was great. It was great. Definitely agree with you. The the fans yeah. definitely resonated to the energy that you're bringing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I noticed. Um, like I said, each For of sure. you. When I was talking to Josh, Josh Gray about it as well. Um, that each of you are lyricists, yeah. and you have just different content that you that you use that that mm-hmm. weapon, uh, right. that lyrical weapon exactly. on is. And I felt yours was about an energy, about yeah. a feel that people can uh, relate and resonate to, where uh, school's a little more introspective, mm-hmm. and then Josh is more personal um, <laughs> in, in that regard. So I just felt like yeah. you each have your lane, but it, you all executed well. Thanks, um, man. I appreciate that. You know, no problem. That doesn't go through one ear out the other. You know, I, like I appreciate that, and you feel me. Um, you know, I'm real. I'm real. Like I need that type of love and encouragement. Take that mental note and try to build off that. It's all about momentum with me. You feel me? I feel mm-hmm. like the show, the tour, gave me momentum to be able to look. I got one foot in. Now it's time to jump both feet in, feet in, and go hard. I agree with you. If you if you put hard work in long enough, somebody will notice it. Yeah. And uh, and that like way. I said, at the show that I went to, the the crowd was definitely moving and feeling it. So yeah, for sure. it's just showing that just like I said, just keep keep doing it, man. Right. That way, it's and, all about the fans too, yeah. man. Like I'm doing it for the fans. Like I'm basically stuff I go through, real life. You know, I put it in the music. You know, it's not necessarily talking about the struggle or none of that. It's just whatever I feel, whatever the beat make me feel. You know, that's the type of song I want to make, you know. I'm not necessarily going for the trend or what's hot, you know. I'm making good music from the heart, you know, and also using my imagination, too. Like, music's not meant to be serious. Like, it's meant for your imagination. So It's like an exercise, you know. It's art. It's It's art. art. So I'm an artist, man. And, you know, I'm working on being a more consistent artist. Like, there's always room for improvement with me, and that's all I'm focused on is improvement and building my catalog right now. And what would you say is your core audience? If you had to pick... A, like a genre or something? Yeah. I was, well, as a genre, I would say hip-hop and R&B, too, because I write songs, too. Like, I got a song called Down For You Coming Soon. It's going to be on the project. Not sure what I'm going to name the project yet. I have a name in, in my head, <laughs> but I'm not going to say it. But, yeah, like hip-hop, R&B. Why? Because I'm a lyricist. I'm a rapper first, and I feel like I can rap with the best of. I'm not really a battle rapper. Mm-hmm. Because I'm more of the artistic side of, of the rapper. But, I mean, if I have to battle, I will. But, um, yeah, as far as as far as far that, that's how that goes. But And what were your feelings at the end of the last concert? The last, last show of the tour? Yeah, the last show of the tour. My feelings, I still feel the same way. Like, we got so much potential. Like, I'm ready for more. I'm, you know, when I'm not in the studio, I'm writing songs, you know. And it's just about me building my catalog right now, so... I'm just excited, ready to, you know, I'm two feet in now, you know, on the business side and the artistic side, you know, as far as making music. How was that transition to fully committing and fully, you know, like you said, just saying put... Yeah, down, down it was kind of hard in. for me. And this is, you know, going, this is going to my personal life and you guys get to know me. I don't, you know, I don't mind that, but I had to get my life right first, you know, like... I had to get home right before the art could be good, you know? So now that I got home right, I got two beautiful kids, you feel me? They set roof over the head, don't got don't need for nothing. Now I can focus on the art. Like, it didn't make sense for me to get my art first and put my family on the back burner, you know? It, yeah, it, Jay just talked about that on uh, yeah. 444. Yeah. Uh, you can't be rich if the family ain't right. Yeah. So. There's no way around it. Like, so now that I'm two feet in, I'm, I'm so, I'm just happy I can focus on the art, like, you know, that's it. And the art is making songs, going to the studio, being in the room when the producers make my beats, engaging with my fans, the art. And, and that way. 
That's so, I think a lot of people need to hear that too because they get some people think that you know you, it just happens like no yeah. it doesn't just happen you got to put the work in there are sacrifices that and that's yeah. uh, that's something that I, I say on this podcast often that really anything in life if you want something yeah and is and is worthwhile right it's gonna take some sacrifice right and I don't know if I answered your question correctly but as far as the core audience that's exactly who my core audience is. The underdogs, the, you know, the people trying to get their life together so they can chase their their dreams. You know, like, I'm not stopping and chasing my dreams, and they should, too. Like, that's my core audience. You know, the one, the underdogs, the the ones that got to struggle to get, that struggle to get what they got today. Nothing came easy, you know. I I express that in my music. Like, I got turn-up songs that you can get litty to, but I got the real songs, too. Like, Mm -hmm. the struggle, you know, I put, like, I have a concept to every song, so kind of my music puts everything in perspective but that's who my core audience is and who i want my fans to be and who they are actually we all come we all build it from the ground up you yeah. know so at the, when it's over for me i just want to help people at the end of the day you know so this music makes me feel good and like when i'm on stage you know it makes other people feel good you know when you're when you're doing this music it like you just black out you don't have to worry about uh, your life problems or you know you got fired from your job like it's an escape from all that and that's where my music takes me and what musical inspirations are of yours Ooh, everybody <laughs> like uh from michael jackson to jay-z gotcha. because and i say that because my family's old school and they grew up listening to michael jackson and then i got my cousins my guy cousins you know they listen to hip-hop, you know, so it's the, the 80s, 90s music, and then it's the hip-hop, or you feel me? I just come from an old-school background, so I grew up listening to everything. I uh, always had music with me, boombox or something, you know, even before I was rapping. Like, I always had music. I wouldn't single anybody out as far as my inspirations, but everybody, like, as far as hip-hop, everybody. Jay-Z, Jada, Wheezy, we can talk about artists today, Drake. I, th- I still think about Lauren Hill. Like I was just, you I, feel me? I just listened to that last weekend, and I, <laughs> uh, I text uh, one of my writers on for the Breakdown dot com, which you should yeah. check out if you have okay, it. Okay, for sure. Um, that we should do a piece about about uh, the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Um, Man, legend. Because like, next year is going to be the twentieth, I think, the twentieth anniversary of it. Wow, that's crazy. I said that. Yeah, yeah man. And All that of is them. a quintessential album. So, like, yeah. no, I definitely feel the the diversity and, like I said, just the the limited music that I heard at the yeah. show. Because yes, uh, yes, yes. you're set, yeah. you know, it's not you not. I'm getting not getting your whole catalog. Right, exactly. But you can hear the influences and the differences right. of of those influences. But exactly. it definitely has yeah. a strong hip hop influence yes there's no denying that there's no denying that i'm like my genre is hip-hop that's my core audience but you can still hear like some of the instrumentation yeah uh the 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 way you choose to write over the beats yes um, exactly i'm not just saying anything guys i'm you know i'm really taking these beats and you know i write it down and writing form too but i I think about it in my head like Mm -hmm. not freestyle but in my head before it's written down like i'm already thinking of the rhymes in my head how concepts all that you know and yeah like the beauty of the shows is like the, it's the show mix so when you get the full catalog you get exactly. the full version of my set or of me or whatever but and that's why i think yeah. this that uh each of your sets gave a it gave a nice quick right. peek into 
what to expect without I'm not sure I, I still don't know yeah. what the album's gonna sound right, like right, right. but based off it like I said I feel like I can I have an idea of where it's gonna go yeah. um but again you never know until it's done exactly you never um, know because I mean yeah I feel my core audience is hip-hop you know that genre but can't box me I want to be on the same stage as Pitbull and what's other dude name Pitbull and we can oh, just Flo say Florida. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Like they rocking shows. Yeah. I know they get money because they rocking them overseas shows and they pack, they sold out. I don't want to just come perform for my culture. Music is a culture and one to me. Like it's universal. It's universal. Mm-hmm. So that's I'm trying to rock them type of uh crowds and I got music coming. I'm telling you. I'm writing songs too. So it's um, coming. Before we get out of here, is there anything else that you wanna let the stable listeners know about? And, and prep going on uh, yeah man and then like I said don't worry guys we definitely gonna get another interview at another yeah, time when sure. uh when the project's about to drop so we'll definitely get uh, a sneak peek at, at that oh yeah y'all stay tuned you know you can follow me at Twan Beasy on social network at Twan Beasy on IG Twitter Facebook and um I got projects coming man this is my redemption I might name the album Redemption I'm gonna just say it I might name it Redemption cause I'm here. I'm coming. Like like I said, I had to get life right first. You know, a lot of people turn on me, you know. I had to turn on a couple people, you feel me? But I, it's all a learning experience, and, you know, I'm ready to focus on the art, you know. So just just, just be waiting for that. Coming soon. Twine Beasy, Underground Beasy. We out here. That way. And today we have Chris Evans, who is the manager of Josh Gray, Twan Beasy and Scoob, as well as the co-organizer of the Gray Summer Tour. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Chris. Nice to meet y'all. Nice to talk to y'all. Give y'all some insight of what we got going on. So, uh, as the co-organizer of the Gray Summer Tour, how did you and Josh connect in the first place? Um, well, we connected a long time ago. Like starting off, I say like I think it was like August two and a half years ago from today and I was working as a mental health counselor at this school called Vincent Academy and so he was working as a teacher there or a teacher liaison and uh he seen me working on one of Twan's videos and then ever since then we kind of chopped it up about our direction going into this industry and he decided to make me his manager and from there shit I've been probably I've been real consistent with trying to help this man get his music out there because I feel like he's one of the best talents and also he has a sound that's on par with pretty much anybody in the industry. So due to my love of music, I felt it was only right for me to do everything I can to help this man get to where he want to get to. And so you knew Twan before you knew uh, Josh, correct? Yeah, he Twan, my cousin, he my blood. We, uh, We've been doing this music shit, like me and Twan, like we've been really doing this music stuff ever since I was like 15, 16 from even earlier than that when we used to download instrumentals off LimeWire and, <laughs> you know, just rap over them. That was, that was, that's how far me and Twan go back with this. So I kind of got him started with this rapping stuff, but as far as him getting into the studio, the first person I put him in the studio was his, his partner named Nim. Uh, young Nemi at the time, but Nemesis, you can find him on Instagram. So, uh, but yeah, Twan, me, we we really got this thing going as far as trying to build our brand. Uh, at first, it was Bay Riders at one point, and then you know we uh, we evolved into something more, and we became Royal West. So 
That's how it got started with me and Twan. Okay. And when did you guys come up with the idea of uh, for the tour? Uh, well, Josh, uh, generally, he kind of formulate an idea of what he wants to do, and he'd bring it to me first. And um, we'll kind of sit there and kind of figure out what dates would be best to do certain things or whatever he, he wants to do at that time. And we kind of figure out how we want to market it. Then we start planning, like, photo shoots or just, like, some kind of promo project to where we can start blasting it out, letting people know what we want, what we about to do, come out, come support us. So he takes the initiative to do it that for himself first, what makes it, makes it easier for me. Man, a lot of it is very simple. It's very simple. We see something that we want. We figure out, do our research, contact the people we need to contact. We execute. And um, as far as the results, sometimes we do real good. Sometimes we don't. But that's all a part of the game. And the more and more we continue to do it and build our brand and continue to show the proper respects to people out there in the industry, um, I think we're going to do real well in the future. Most people love to shop. We all love to share things with our friends and family on social media. So why not do both? Threadus makes shopping social. Add items to your closet or share your style with your friends or your favorite celebrities. Get the Threadus app at the App Store or Threadus.com. That is T-H-R-E-A-D-E-S-T dot com. Also check out their social media pages, Threadus, on Instagram and Twitter. Based on what you were just saying, it it reminds me of, uh, have you seen that show, The Defiant Ones, on uh, HBO with uh, Jimmy Iovine and uh, Dr. Dre? Yeah, I've seen that. (laughs) What it it reminds me of, it it, it reminds me of, like, he's Dre and you're Jimmy Iovine, but (laughs) demeanor and personality are different. I'm talking about just the (laughs) fact of of, of the comment of of what um, they said in the very first one of basically, like, you know, Dre's the creator and... Jimmy gets it done. The levitator. Yeah, yeah, he's the levitator. Like, basically, yeah, Josh is, like you said, he comes to you with the ideas and you're like, all right, I'm going to figure out how to make this shit work and work the best that it can be. Mm-hmm. And that is, does that seem like it accurately describes like the relationship that you guys have? Yeah, definitely. I mean, again, yeah. take out the personality of Jimmy Iovine. <laughs> well, I mean, of course, characteristics are yeah. definitely different, but <laughs> at, at the same time, man, I, I like my, my characteristics. I touched on that for a second, so people can know. I'm a very, very cool person. I'm down to earth. I'm humble. At the same time, I'm a Sagittarius, so anybody who believes in that horoscope stuff know that I'm very direct and I'm honest. And uh, sometimes I can be stubborn, but that doesn't mean I'm not understanding and I won't listen. But uh, when it comes to, like, um, just generally everything that I do, I do kind of model it after Jimmy Iovine. And um, what, after seeing Defiant Ones, it really, because, like, I've, I've known who Jimmy Iovine was based off his name. just. But as far as, like, his start, seeing Defiant Ones really just made it click for me because I, I, I didn't necessarily start off as an engineer working on the board mixing or producing i started more as a creator as a writer and a rapper at one point so it was like in a sense it's the same thing but different jobs so i transitioned from doing the rapping and then uh, i could still write but i transitioned to and more to the business aspect and try to educate myself on the business aspect especially when managing artists and then hopefully eventually evolving from that to being something more and um 
Jimmy Iovine, his his path and his blueprint is something that I I only could dream to be able to take after because he had it's like sometimes you want to say it's luck because the, the the type of talent that he started working with was so crazy like John Lennon yeah. and uh, like et cetera et cetera it's like yeah Bruce Springsteen Bruce Springsteen exactly and it's so you only could hope and then pray and I and I honestly believe that Josh Gray is one of those talents. I believe that Skoog has his, uh, uh, I think his political essence can really reach that crowd to a big, 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 in a big, big way. And it could influence those to probably step up a little more if it's pushed the right way. Twine, his style is more for the club and for this modern era. But at the same time, he's not overly saturated to where he can't step out and do something different. So it's with these talents, I hope to cultivate um that same kind of brand for each one of them and also for the entirety of what we doing just just like jimmy Iveen did for his his companies and I, I definitely agree with you and that's something that i've uh touched on on the individual parts with Twan, Skoog, and Josh is, like you said, they all have uh, different components that add different aspects to music and in their own way, but it's still all with quality. Um, like I said, they're all lyricists. They all are talking about real interesting content-wise, but it's different. Yeah. And so I think that's uh, important. And what's next coming up? So uh, August 5th, we have the West Coast Hip Hop Awards. Josh will be performing and um, it, it's a good opportunity. It's just a, a reflection of all the dedication and hard work. And I, I, I will be wrong to not mention the partner that we just uh, linked in that's helping us also get the exposure we need um, with Hustle Hard Entertainment and my Uncle Mook um, coming in supporting everything that we're doing going forward. So it's like with him coming on board and helping us take this to the next level the talent that we got me being in the middle organizing everything i feel like we just we right on that uh precipice of getting to the exact level that we feel like we should be at and that's that's amazing to see and like i said um any indication of that uh i saw at the great summer tour concert that i went to like they have a lot more cut in store that was like, as you said, just just the touch of it. I can't wait to see you guys moving forward and uh, see where you got the growth that you guys are going to continue to go with. Yeah, man, I appreciate you being here, doing what you're doing, and giving us a platform to show what we got. Thank you for listening to the entire four-part series inside the Gray Summer Tour. In this series, we got the chance to get to know the artists behind the music. So go in and check out their music and follow them on social media. For Twitter and IG, you can follow them at Josh Gray Way, Skoog, Twan Beezy, and then for Twitter, it's going to be the same for Josh Gray Way, Skoog, or Twan Beezy, and for Skoog, it's going to be under Skoog's World. This series, Inside the Gray Summer Tour, was produced by thesonicbreakdown.com in alignment with Gray Line Entertainment and Royal West MP. Come back every Friday for another Stay Woke podcast. We appreciate five-star reviews on iTunes. And please subscribe to our YouTube channel. All the links can be found in the description below. You know our motto. Live, listen to some great music, and above all, love more. We're out. And we're here with the Stay Woke Podcast. We're inside the Gray Summer Tour. You dig? Spitting cool on Outstanding Game. Make sure you stay tuned to Stay Woke Podcast. You dig? <laughs>